Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where you read questions and get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. We're live in Chicago! Yeah, that was, pretty, that was pretty good, actually. Sure. Wait, you, wait, wait, wait. You're not going to make fun of him? Oh, no, that'll come. That'll come. Did you not notice the actually? He's he's He gives a compliment and then takes it away in the same sentence, <laughs> and that right. hurts the most. <laughs> Next to him is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Hey. You guys at home, home can't see that, but that was said making direct eye contact with me, which is really weird. Hey, Matt. <laughs> the amount of creepy that you were able to summon at this time of the day is impressive. Also joining us fresh off a 10-hour trip through the bowels of the heartland of America, one of the pastors at Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. <laughs> you introduced me using the word bowels. I stole it from Devin. And when Thank you say you. bowels, you mean specifically Indiana, right? Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to not give Ohio its due for sucking. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Hi, Sydney, who yeah, listens. Yeah, I was going to say, we have some <laughs> listeners that will be. They know it sucks. It's not news to them. No, I, I think uh, what's awesome is that Jed and I are up so <laughs> early. Now, would you uh, define early for the people listening? Uh, at at this point, I I think it's like seven a.m. or sure, something. Sure. You know, maybe six six thirty. Eleven. Oh, okay. If you say so, it sure. just feels like. Well, yeah, it's that. eleven in England, Matt. That's just how <laughs> you know time zones work. I right run on here. I run only on Greenwich Mean Time, and you know that about That's me. That's right. But at this point, Jed and I are up so much earlier than we normally are. That's true. That this, what we're going to do at some point in terms of dispensing the totally awesome wisdom is we're just going to go into like a trance from how <laughs> sleepy we are. You get into like a fugue state. Yeah, yeah, just go into a fugue state. There, we, you know, there might be tribal dancing, I think, sure, at some point. Sure, And just the wisdom will just come out in just a, a stream of consciousness, kind of free verse well, poetry. You, you, did ta- you did take a lot of ayahuasca before you came out here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> does, the, does the feng shui of the room promote the zen? It really doesn't. You know, the, 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 whole, the mildew you know, smell in the room definitely does not yeah, promote that. Yeah, that's, the, if this whole room is dampening my whole vibe, man. Well, there goes our Hilton sponsorship. <laughs> very you real ruined it again, way. Jed. Yeah, yeah, it's dampening my vibe. Well, is it or is it early enough for you guys that you just considered like the college thing of like I think I'm just gonna stay up the whole time. I it, that occurred to me, uh, and then uh, I fell asleep on that plan. So. <laughs> It all went horrible. You didn't fall asleep sitting up in front of your computer again, did you? No, I've done that before. Typing out a Tumblr post and just, <clears throat> just, 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 just. And just not like popping down. back awake, waking up four hours later. Yeah, waking up like all my arms and legs are asleep, <laughs> drool on myself. Like, how long was I out? Do, do cars fly now? What? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. But Lee, we did take one cue out of the college playbook, which is to say we haven't prepared in any way there for this, yeah, even a little bit. That's good. No, I, I don't know. We're doing. I went to meet yeah. Lee at the uh, at the Panera this morning, which counts as sacrificing for the kingdom because I haven't been wow. in a Panera in about a year. But uh, he said, you know, I got I got these two pages of notes, and I got a couple ways to go in the sermon. What are you thinking about doing? And I thought, I haven't thought about it yet. <laughs> I just found out that I was doing it. It's that only 10 o'clock. Time. I don't start thinking about the sermon for another four hours. Right. Yeah, well, normally we do this meeting on Tuesdays, Glenn, Jed, and I, over our topic, which starts at 1 p.m., which we've all just woken up, and we're all late to every time. Yes. And then, what, yeah. about 2.30, we actually read the topic 
Right. That at least two of us will be preaching on for our 7.30 service. There's a lot of spiritual stuff that has to get talked about between 1 and 2.30. Yeah, we have to yeah. cover a lot of ground. A lot of bonding, a lot of sharing, yeah. a lot of yeah. feelings. Well, you, you want to I- analyze the news stories that happen. That's true. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a, you know, this happened a few months ago now, but, you know, Nelson Mandela passed away. Sure. And so we wanted to talk about that. One of the things we covered in terms of his legacy and whatnot was the interpreter <laughs> who, the sign language interpreter who didn't actually know sign language. <laughs> And kind of did a little bit of uh, what I assume was a combination of a mime kind of thing with sort of a... Interpretive hand motion. Yeah, just exactly. At the UN for an hour. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those things I want to cover. What's the guy thinking? You were fascinated by that guy. I was totally fascinated by just, you know what, I'm just going to wing it. I think it'll probably work out. I I, want to know what that guy's all about. I want to plunk. So we had to cover that for like an hour. And sure. then we could start talking about the sermon. Yeah. And so. then there's normally spiritual and uplifting things. And there's no griping or screaming or strong language at all. No, not, not I much. don't care for that salty talk personally. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but as I said, normally what we do in that is we'll talk about our topic for our bridge service tonight. And um, once a month, that also means talking about our bridge box. Uh, sermon topic and nice segue yeah we only had so much room today and i'm really a very lazy person so yeah. instead of coming up with a separate topic for the podcast i figured we just do that wow sounds exciting and on that basis i declare an emergency oh good we've been talking is, it, is this an actual emergency because we've been talking yeah. for a while and i didn't know if we come up with an emergency and i didn't want to ruin it by asking but i was about 30 seconds from doing that here's what's happening an emergency every time um i'm just cluing in the the live studio audience well not every time I'm literally done, every time i think we've done several of these podcasts without any form of an emergency literally I'm, zero I'm, I'm sure probably maybe 10 percent we do an emergency sure. i mean if it's a, if it's warranted if, sure. if there's an emergency yeah yeah um a lot of people like a hashtag campaign that shouldn't happen yeah a lot of people tune into this podcast for the wisdom you know some for the jocularity but uh, all of them really tune in uh, on their you know, radio dials, which I assume is how they receive it. <laughs> sure, on the Victrola. And um, uh, what happens is they're tuning in for all these other things, but mostly for the Beard Report. Right. right. Uh, as you know, a lot of people are pretty fascinated with Matt's beard, and they want to know what's going on with Matt's beard. A lot of jokes. I'm, try, I'm trying real hard not to make certain jokes right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> skip over that part, and so <laughs> uh, I derailed your derailment. How's it taste? <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. First of all, ladies love the beard. Right. Uh, men want to have the beard. Uh, it's a strong beard. Yeah, uh, it's a Scottish beard. It's a Scottish beard. Um, it's the source of his power, clearly. Totally. Um, and uh, th- at various times, we've we've had more beard, less beard, and then right. we we update the people to let them know what's the beard status. Yeah. There was a really shocking and devastating time where he completely removed the, the beard. Mm. 
and uh, we, we don't talk about those. those we, are dark it was days. just a dark. We had you know each. I'd forgot. I had forgotten what my face looked like. We, we had to. We had. Yeah, to, you'll know. I'll, I won't tell you how that research went out, but you'll notice I have a beard again. So well, this is the thing: is you know the beard is there, but it's pretty thin, guys. Yeah. And uh, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling good about it. Well, so. in my in my defense, it is July. It is July has just turned to August, uh-huh. so I assumed it would be hot. Right. So you do want less facial hair. Now it last night it was mid 60s and we were all soaked in rain and it wasn't hot. Right. That's because the place we live hates us. Right. So I made an assumption and that was my fault. Yeah, I just. Uh I don't. I, I don't know, Jed. How do you feel? I mean, how has Mint's lack of a full beard affected you? Well, I, I prepared a note actually for this yeah. beard intervention. That beard, I could, yeah, I could yeah. go ahead and, and yeah. read if it if it would be helpful. Yeah, the, please beard beard intervention him now. But but I, I mean I put a lot of feelings into this and uh-huh. it's really super personal. Sure. So right, I need right, to make right. sure that you know nobody interrupts me or anything. Right. Right, right. Right. You know. It's, do you hope no one laughs at you? I, I, <laughs> That's an in joke none of you give, but Jed and I enjoyed it. So I'm I'm gonna read my very very personal note that right. no one should interrupt me on because okay. of how personal it is okay. and how much you've thought it out and have it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jed. You're in a, you're in a safe place. Dear Matt, untrue. <laughs> Dear Matt, your beard. When I think about your beard, <laughs> I get sad. Oh. I, I get beard sad. Yeah. What? Why no beard, Matt? Mm-hmm. Why no beard? Why isn't your beard here, Matt? I miss your beard. Does your beard miss me? Wow. He's ramping up. Now. Does your beard think about me when I'm not there? All right. He's, Does he's your beard remember he's all the times the we shared? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Probably time to stop that. Did we mention it's very early for Glenn and Jed? Yeah, I don't. We we don't have any actual comedy ability at this hour. It's mostly nah. just or filter. Yeah, no, or ability no. to think of things before we say them. That's right. That's it's right. just really creepy. It seemed yeah. right as yeah. I was saying it. That's it. Really did something. I mean, to me. Oh yeah, that's just how you. W- would you your say you Jed? Would you say your internal barometer is the best gauge for what's right <laughs> or wrong? No. Definitely not. Well, you think of the things that have escaped your mouth that you sounded right at the time? <laughs> anyway, so what are we uh, doing today? What, what's our what's our thing? Should we read the topic? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll read the topic. first, I'm going to declare emergency off because oh, yeah. that's how you do it. Yeah. I don't know what... Are, are you Are you ready to... I mean, are we okay? I, look, first of all, I don't know what school of theology you went to. And clearly... The most expensive and therefore best one. Uh the the whole liturgical structure is breaking down here so you know uh i have that problem with it's almost a sub would you like us to do a prepared to, reading it, well you know i think yeah we'll do a responsive reading sure. and then we all frankincense we, we all mumble the same written down prayer at the same time in a real monotone voice because that's super holy and the Lord Holy Spirit said, and you, and blessed is He, and the the, the Lord, and this, we will rejoice in it like that. I think that would be yeah. super holy. We could do that, and then we declare emergency off. You want to know what theology school I went to? <laughs> Which, what the theology school did you go to, Jed? I didn't go to the school of hard knocks. I went to the school no. of John Knox. That's right. How's it taste? Well, wow. you know what? That A, that joke was awesome. Thank you. I felt it. B, 
that joke perfectly measured how lame this audience is. Yeah. <laughs> that they had no it way was coming. It was coming. just just totally pee themselves laughing over it. <laughs> and so I don't know if, I think you know we, I think we have to carry on. Yeah, we do. But in the in the with the understanding of uh, of you know this audience is literally ruining them. We're carrying on in spite of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like 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 resistance training. Yeah. Like you try and be wise while people are yeah. putting a yeah. negative vibe on you. Exactly it makes right. you even more wise. Exactly right. You know, that's what we're doing. We're today. doing wise fit here today. <laughs> that's right. Thank yeah. you. Wise fit. Yeah. You, you'll notice how run down and lackadaisical Glenn was when he came in, but when he started griping. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, I come someone had given him a shot of adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also like how you immediately went from disapproving look of disgust as Jed made the joke yeah. to being on his side so you could gripe at the audience. That's right. Yeah. It was a hairpin turn. Yeah, it was. It was. It Good was. stuff. I also like the lag time. Because I feel like if we were recording at night, that joke would have been instantaneous. Yeah. And now it's about a 35 second. <laughs> I'm seriously running at about 10% speed. So, <laughs> you know. Good to know. All right, so this is our topic. We'll be preaching on the bridge tonight, and um, we're, I will be preaching, Glenn will be preaching, and Lee will be preaching, which he just found out a scant when I called 11 hours ago. Yes. Oops. So we'll, we'll be giving three of the 20 minutes, 10-minute sermons. There are four at the bridge, and our friend Jasper Edwards, who if you listen to the bridge podcast, you've heard a little chunk of his preaching uh, a little while back. Um, so every week we preach at a sermon topic that one of the guys or gals who attends our service put in the box but once a month we do our bridge box topic which we um, structure our whole bridge box service around one of the things we do on that is we put sermons in it and the way we do that is we inject that as the topic for our bridge service and preach on that so part of what we do is um, on this meeting on Tuesdays is figure out where um, the audience of guys at the bridge and our kind of online college age international audience where their overlaps are in this question, how we're going to appeal to both. And so that's kind of a lot of what we're going to think through here in the next uh, few minutes. So we'll start off reading the topic. And the topic is, what do I need for a healthy Christian life? That's the uh, kind of the, the title, and that'll probably be the title of the bridge box. And then we fill that in for the topic we preach on at the bridge and give our pastors, which says, I'm going through some changes. I'll be living in a new place, getting to know new people and working a new job, but I'm worried about keeping my faith and staying on God's path. I know I need to stay around positive people, but beyond that, how can I get started in a new place without losing the progress I've made? And Jed, you, uh, you are in charge of Bridgebox and you assign the topics. So you want to talk us through a little bit uh, about why we're doing that one and how it affects Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, part of the reason we're doing it is just you know, kind of seasonal. I think mean, there's a lot of folks. I think we may even have some in this room who are, uh, you know, leaving um, one era of their life behind, starting maybe at college or something new. And whenever you have big life changes that go on, um, everything kind of resets in a way. You know, I mean, um, it's a new place, new environment, new people, new schedule. And um, what's interesting about that is that that's one of those things that can be either really good or really bad, kind of depending on what you make of it. Um, it's it's there's going to be a certain amount of reinvention in your life kind of by necessity. Um, and so the question is kind of what are we reinventing into? Um, you know, uh, you know, some folks, they, they go through a change and uh, they <laughs> they kind of reinvent into something that's not super positive. But um, I've never done that. I've always been straight as an arrow about everything I've ever done. Right, sure, me too. Yeah, it's been pretty great. I mean, when yeah. I went to college, I decided I was going to be the guy with the ferret. <laughs> that didn't work out at all. Don't be that guy. Don't be ferret guy. No. No, no. 
Thursday. You know, but but actually, I mean, it's the kind of thing where it, you know you can say uh, um, you know it's a new season. I'm going to I'm just going to be new in a good way and kind of leave some old stuff behind. And you know, for our guys at the bridge, you know, they go through a lot of big transitions too when they get out of a program, when they get out of uh, prison. Um, you know, when they move, they they face a lot of those same choices. But I think what's interesting is if you if you're walking with the Lord and you go through a big life change. Um, um, you kind of know I need to try and find a way to have a spiritual support structure to have the ingredients to healthy walk you know here in my new situation but I think what's what's interesting is you don't always know which of those ingredients are essential um, you know what uh, um, if you if you grew up and you went to a cool church and they had a great youth program and a great young adult program and a great Wednesday night program and a great Bible study and it's just you know a ton of awesome stuff it may be difficult to find all of that in your new place and do you know which parts of that are super essential and which parts are just kind of a nice icing on the cake and it's actually you know for our guys at the bridge we bless them like a lot like really super good and if they're leaving chicago they may not be able to find another thing that's just like the bridge unfortunately considering uh, best we can tell nothing like the bridge exists literally in the world correct so the question is, you know, do they know kind of which things are really the essential parts they definitely want to find everywhere they go versus which parts are just, that's cool if you can find it? Well, and I would piggyback on that say part of the, the mission statement of the Bridge Program is to get guys plugged into local churches. And I, Glenn, you can probably speak to this more. One of, I think one of the things we have to walk them through is the church will not be the bridge. There will be things you have to deal with. Like one of our deacons recently had, speaking of liturgy, had a, uh, he was a little, he was kind of not sure about being a Lutheran, but then he was all in on it. Can you uh, kind of walk us through a little bit of that mindset? Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, finding new churches often just super stressful. And, and what we know statistically is that what people do is they tend to look at one or two, uh, maybe three or four at the maximum outside. And at that point, they make a decision. They either stop looking and just go without or they settle on a church they personally find to be subpar and so um uh what part of what we try to do with the bridge program is to make sure that uh all the churches that participate in it are slam dunk good you can't make any wrong choices we've already visited them and make sure these are the hidden gems out there the best and you hate church but you went to these and survived yeah if you get me up early on sunday and try and make me act sanctified it better be on it better (laughs) you know so these these are churches that that you know just dealt with me having a scowling (laughs) face and was still nice to me and all that uh, but uh, uh, part of that is that we want them to go and be loved on when they get there, and that the love is actually a big part of that, that we have some guys who, uh, you know, they they were raised in one kind of church, and now they're visiting a different kind of church or whatever, and they feel unsure and uneasy about that. But if, if enough people come up to them and say, how are you doing? Uh, do you want to go to lunch with us afterwards? You know, what's your story? Uh, you know, do you live around here? Just a basic friendliness, really, that that will overcome the the biggest obstacles there are. So you can imagine in, you know, uh, you know, just for a normal person visiting, if you're in a church where you have that welcoming spirit, it, it makes a big difference. And that's why a big part of what you look for, you and Jane look for when you visit churches is the greeting, Absolutely. which a lot of churches don't do. And that's why we're real hardcore about greeting at the bridge. Absolutely right. At a church, you've been, I'm sure you've been to church service where the worship was fine, the preaching was fine, but the greeting sucked, and you just can't 
and yeah. get conscious, tell our guys to go to those churches. Yeah, we, we, when I first, actually, when I first came to Chicago, um, I started meeting gang members. That was my job was to meet uh, gang members and then set up Bible studies within the structure of the gang, and uh, which sounds easy, but it was kind of challenging in, in places. What has happened to your brain that that sounds easy? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just do that. Yeah. Um, so... Um, but what happens is uh, uh, I was talking to a, a group of guys called the Spanish Cobras here in town, and they said, you know, uh, a couple of our guys have been going to this church. You ought to go check it out. And, um, and apparently several other former gang members were in this church, and um, I got there and found out that was true and found out that Pastor uh, uh, himself was a former gang member. And... Um, Within about 10 minutes, I had been hugged so many times and so aggressively. I was, you know, very surreptitiously checking my back pocket to make sure my wallet was still there. And, you know, just like, I, you know, what, what on earth? A lot of love happening in the room here. And uh, then it was explained to me that the pastor came back and said, I, I heard who you are. I heard about what you're doing. And he explained he's actually not an ordained pastor that he has a day job he just started this because it seemed like a thing to do and it's kind of grown out of control and he doesn't really know what's going on and what i just go up and immediately start preaching so (laughs) um and, and then i did and then everything's wonderful but you're talking about a church that literally had no idea just nothing just we don't know what to say. We don't know what to preach. We have no, but we'll greet you all as good. And they were getting gangbangers just coming in. They're like, this is awesome. This is great. <laughs> so we realized as when we set up the bridge program, we want to just love on people as much as possible. And we, and we try and get other churches to do that as well, to follow that example. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, in, Ten- in Tennessee, actually, at Christ Community, which is our host team here. Um, telling them a little bit about kind of the bridge and setup, and I used the Spanish Cobras example, and people started giggling. And it wasn't until that very moment that I realized that Spanish Cobras sounds like a lesser gang in West Side Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they're big, scary dudes, but it's just not yeah. the most intimidating name. You just picture yeah. sharks, cobras, sharks, jets, Spanish Cobras. If you met them, you 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 change your mind. About yes. Oh quick. yeah. Oh no. Tough guys. Well, there's a reason you can get away with having that name. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, Lee, you, Lee, you've been doing youth ministry for a while, so why don't you talk about a little more to the college aspect of this, just kind of what we were talking about this morning about kind of the stuff you give kids as they kind of maybe leave Oak Ridge and go to school out of state or the kind of advice you've given people over the years on how to do well, that. Yeah, so I think one of the things that's really interesting to me about this is that uh, one of the things that happens is that people can kind of get swept away. So if, uh, you know it would be real easy to say for somebody to say, tell me the exact things to do, like one through 10. If I do these things, then my walk with the Lord is going to be strong. When I go into college, when I go into these new kinds of temptations and environments I've never been in, and it would be real easy to think, okay, well, I can tell them all the things to do. What's really cool is a person that's thinking like that is already going to be doing pretty good. Because what happens to most kids is, and this happens to most people starting over in a new thing is, I'm just going to go. And, and, and this happens in dating relationships too. Like, well, we're dating now. And then, so did you guys talk about what you want out of this? Did you talk about what your physical boundaries are going to be? Did you talk about any of this? Well, no. 
it's like, yeah, well, this is going to be a train wreck in about three weeks, you know? And so, because what happens is if you don't think about those things, if you're not intentional about it, if you don't get a plan, then you're, you're going to, you're just going to get swept away into stuff. You know, you're going to get swept away into the wrong stuff. You're going to get magnetized into to, to whatever. So I think, you know, even starting out asking this question, even starting out thinking like, I want to do this well, that's a big deal. One thing that I've seen a lot in my experience, and I'm sure you've probably seen this too, that when kids get out of high school and they go into college, it, the, there's a stark difference. They either walk with the Lord or they just way don't. You know, in high school, it's hard to tell. Is somebody, is somebody, you know, do they know Jesus? Do they love Jesus? Do they want to walk with him? I don't know. Sometimes it seems like yes. Yeah, sometimes it seems like no. By about the sophomore year of college, you can tell whether or not yeah. somebody's in this because it's because the temptations to do other stuff are so much and they're so easy and it's so you have so much freedom now that you either intentionally walk with the Lord or you will absolutely get pulled out by the riptide. So I think just starting like this has um, is a is is just a great advantage just to even think intentionally what would I do if I want to uh, if 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 I want to keep my walk with the Lord? I love I love what you're saying about the greeting thing because I do think that I think that even the most confident person um, when you go into something new, there's a little thing in the back of your head that says, "Any minute I'm going to bail." Right. I'm, I'm afraid everybody hates me. Mm-hmm. So any minute, it, at the slightest excuse, if I even feel like I need to go to the bathroom, I'm just going to do that. I'm just mm-hmm. going to bail on this whole thing. So when you have you know, it, you know, when you, when you have people that will bring you in and, and all of a sudden it's like, all of a sudden I've got people, you know, I, I don't even know these people, but they're giving me hugs and stuff like that. I think that's one of the biggest things is find the place where you, where you can find some people and you can, and, and they're thinking the same way you are. In other words, they're trying to figure out how do I do this? Well, how, how do I stay in this? My goal is to stay in this. And just having that, even that level of intentionality to me is a, is a really good place to start. I think it's interesting the thing you're talking about that with the level of freedom there. I think that's another big uh, crossover between our guys, at the bridge who are in a lot of ways experiencing a very literal freedom that they were not experiencing before and kind of, that the the kids who might be moving on to college, moving on to something new. I wonder if maybe when we're, cause when we're looking at preaching this topic is one of the angles in this topic, how, sh- how, are, how do you handle freedom? Because a lot of these, are, especially our guys at the bridge, not really made their own decisions. I mean, you get raised, what, you get jumped into a gang at, what, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. And um, Chicago gang structure is very top down. So... <clears throat> if you're just a street level gang member, you don't make a lot of your own decisions about what right. to do day and day out. You get locked up. Obviously that's incredibly regimented. Mm-hmm. So it seems like part of what we're looking at here for our, our guys and probably for kids in college too is now I, I went from having all my decisions made for me. Now I actually make decisions. As you're saying, kids coming out of high school is, is I wonder if some of this topic we're going to tonight will be kind of walking them through healthy decision making. Yeah. Cause you, you do have, you know, ev- even kids that have a long tether, at home in high school, you still have, at some point, I have to be home at this time. Most, most all of you guys, you know, you ha- I have to be home at this time and, and, uh, you know, th- this is, this is when I can use the car or this is how far I can go and stuff like that. And so, and then all of a sudden they drop you off at school with all of your belongings and then they go home 
And then it's like, hopefully, yeah, I do remember. I remember the first night we had like an orientation thing at my college where you stay overnight. Did you guys do one of those deals? Oh, that was awful. So like, you know, I I remember they they stick you in there with somebody you never met, whoever's in your orientation class and, and you're, and you're in a dorm room for the first time in your life. You know, for me, it was the first time in my life. I'm in a dorm room and some of the, and somebody knocked on our door from down the hall and they said, Hey, we're going to go, um, we're going to go to crystals, you know? And it was like, it was like, you know, almost midnight. And I was like, can you do that? <laughs> you know, yeah. that was the first thought in my brain was like, can you do that? And then I was like, Oh wait, I have a key to this room right. and I have legs. Mm-hmm. I can literally just go to crystal. Right. So we did that. And then we went somewhere else. And then we went somewhere else. I don't think we got back till like four thirty in the morning or something. And it was like, this could get bad fast. Yeah. You know, if, and just because all of a sudden you do have, you can, you know, and yeah. you, you go from not being able to make decisions like that to all of a sudden, like I could, I could get, I could get out there pretty quick. Yeah. Well, it's a concept of just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Right. I think crystal at midnight is a perfect yeah. example of just because it's an don't option. doesn't mean it's a yeah. good yeah. idea. I, I don't think I've been to crystal since that night. Yeah. Um, Glenn, can you walk us through a little bit? Actually, Lee and I were talking about this earlier this morning, just kind of, um, the cultural pitfalls on this question is kind of for our guys in the room. We were talking about the, the idea of Lee had an, an idea for really what I thought was a really strong preaching point, but you couldn't make it the hinge of your sermon, which was the thing. One of the things you need for a healthy spiritual life is the ability to roll to plan B mm-hmm. when plan A doesn't work out, which I was telling him is a very good point, but I would not open with that at the bridge mm-hmm. because if you mention failure right at top, they just kind of assume in their minds you're calling them failures, then right, they sit on right. their hands for the next nine minutes. Right, right, right. And also, and these, these are the things we talk through and I, that I get educated on, we try to tell our pastors is, that's a good idea, you have to package it this way or present things in this order to make that work for the room. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, when they think plan B on the Jesus thing, plan B is going back to slinging on the corner, right, right. which is kind of the opposite of what we're trying to get them to do. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you think of any other kind of this is something I would steer clear of, or I wouldn't, this is an interesting idea, but I wouldn't put in that verbiage. Yeah. I think the part of the, and this goes for anybody with any kind of temptation, part of the problem that we go through when we've done wrong stuff and had some small amount of benefit off of that, that always feels like a fallback position, you know? So, uh, for the guys at the bridge, I could flip burgers for an incredibly small amount of money or f- working three or four hours a day, I can make more than most college graduates. Uh, so with the illegal activities, um, but there's a few things in there that we want to try and point out. There's some out. fine print. There's some fine print. Uh, uh, one uh, big point is that illegal activity comes with consequences that you've already dealt with and so that's no good uh, the other thing that we uh, often are at pains to point out that just because in your mind you see how you could make money doing that doesn't mean that God will actually allow it to succeed sometimes when you give your life to the Lord and say oh I don't know I think I'm gonna go and do something really super wrong because you know I think I could handle it uh-huh. 
sometimes the Lord says, I don't think he can. And now you're locked up. So that's, you know, so you're, you, you, in, in your mind, it's a clear path to success. And it's the same thing with, um, you know, people we see actually that are transitioning from college to working world where they say, you know, uh, uh, you know, I can always just do this. You know, I'm doing this for the Lord and I'm suffering. But, you know, if I wanted to, I could just do X. Well, that's, uh, you know, but it doesn't mean uh, the Lord will let that work out. Uh, but I think the way I would put all of that in terms of, as you're saying, how do we present that, how do we unpack that, uh, I think uh, uh, our guys and most people are, are open to the idea of closed doors versus open doors. You know, what do we do when we're trying, when we have a goal that seems like a good thing, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, a smart direction to go in, and it's a method we think will get us from A to B that sounds smart, looks good, and then that doesn't work out. You know, we don't get accepted to the school that we thought would be the key solution. We don't get the job that we thought would get us out of the rehab and, and into a, a decent apartment. You know, what do we do when that door doesn't open and it looks like I'm being left hanging and that kind of thing. So I think it's, it's about, yes, as you're saying, sort of rerouting to plan B, et cetera. But it's, it's about recognizing that plan B might really be the thing you had in mind. And God's plan A is what he's got you on now. You know, that sometimes in order for God to get you on your plan or get you on his plan, he has to kind of ruin your plan. And that that's a blessing. You, you don't want your plan to work, do you? Because then you'd be stuck with plan B, which compared to plan A kind of sucks. So, uh, you know, we get in a, I think we get stuck in a mode, and I, I know people can relate to this, where I'm campaigning for my way to work without bothering to ask if God has a better idea on this thing, which is, it sounds crazy when I say that out loud, like, Lord, please let me, let me have this relationship or let me get into the school, let me get this job. And I'm not bothering to ask, but by the way, I think this is the best thing, but is it? Because if you have something better, don't, don't listen to me talk you into this, you know. But I, I think uh, it's about recognizing that's that's how that stuff well, you works. S- you see that too with people's, you know, like in their in their dating relationships. It's like you know they, with you know the sexual activity and stuff like that. It's like yeah, I, I I know this isn't, but I think we can make this work. Right. That's right. And yeah, I, yeah. I think we can make this awesome. We can, we, yeah, we can wire it. We can plug and this if, in over here. And, and, if yeah. I, and if we just keep telling each other that it's awesome yeah. and we're super close, yeah, yeah then yeah. we'll feel like that's working. Yeah, it's, and it's like oh, it's, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna feel terrible the whole time so yeah 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 that that's a concept that we tend to call up here walking we're gonna walk between the rain raindrops mm-hmm. which means i'm gonna do something that is a super bad idea but i'll be the one who pulls it off yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be great uh, jed can you maybe walk us through a little bit one of the things we tend to do with these bridge box topics and i'll what you at a lot of our preaching the bridge is look at maybe things that people have heard in church before on this topic that are not particularly helpful or not presented well. I was telling the guys on our host team a little bit about, you know, we have to do sometimes unprogram a fair amount of like charismatic stuff or maybe, or it even, I point to Jeb and anybody who thinks of one, just this idea of, you know, this is the thing you need for your Christian life, which may be the wrong thing. The thing that leads to mind for me and maybe what you guys think is, um, we, we've have we've been having discussions about Christian books lately. And, uh, there's a lot of the idea of what you need is, stuff knowledge you basically if you do your own amateur mdiv your your walk with the lord will always be on solid footing you know you just need to read a lot of books and get deep thoughts and you know if you don't have 
the the infrastructure to set that up that none of that's going to do any good. Yeah, the two, particularly with young people that are heading off to school, that leap to mind to me. Um, although I think there are parallels for our guys at the bridge. The, the first is a healthy Christian life is massively overly busy. Um, you know what? Uh, um, Almost uh, uh, every kind of college Christian group I've ever seen, step one is get everybody overcommitted and overinvolved and go. Um, you know, I mean, it's kind of, and I think there's, you know, if we want to be honest, but I think there's good intentions behind it because there's a sense of, well, if they're super busy with us, then that doesn't leave time to go do naughty things, um, which, you know, I, I hear, but actually getting people stressed out and overbooked and overcommitted and overburdened, it's actually just a recipe for more temptation. You're, right. you're actually right. setting them up for a bigger fall down the line. So I think one for sure is, and, and it rarely gets said out loud, but it's just kind of an implied thing, you know, a serious Christian at college has commitments, you know, every day of the week yeah. for three hours, you know, on the Christian stuff. Right. So I, I think that's one definitely, definitely for sure. Whereas what all of us in this room know is that a balanced life is just that. It's balanced. There's rest. There's downtime. There's, there's recreation. You know, you're not overextending yourself. I think another one that's super common um, is that you know you're living a healthy Christian life when you just have a ton of emotions about Jesus-y stuff all the time. And that's actually part of why we keep ourselves overly busy is, um, you know, a lot of campus ministries tend to be super focused on, I just want to feel really spiritual all the time. That's, that's, that's what I want, which actually isn't sustainable. I mean, there, there's, again, all of us in this room knows there's no such thing as a feeling that you feel all the time. That's, that's actually not possible, no matter what the feeling is, whether it's about Jesus or your girlfriend or anything. I mean, it just, that's not sustainable. But, you know, when we kind of set off on that quest, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment because uh, since you can't feel a certain way all the time, no matter what the feeling is, you wind up thinking, is there something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Am I, right. is, is it because of my secret sin that's so secret I don't even know I'm doing it? Um, You're the worst. You know what you did, Jen. You know what you even did. Even if you don't know what you did. Maybe if I led another Bible study, I'd feel more spiritual. I should probably do that. And uh, if we're talking about it, uh, a campus ministry. The secret sin is internet porn. Absolutely. It's the a pretty secret, open secret. The secret sin is always internet <laughs> porn. Always. But I, you know, I think what's interesting about it is um, um, we, you know, by focusing on those things that won't help, you, know, you say, you know, what you really need to live this Christian life is to be super busy all the time and feel super spiritual all the time. We avoid actually the much simpler things that would, that would work and have a big impact. I mean, one thing, again, that, you know, the four of us know is you become like the people you're around. Yeah, uh, yeah. Period. Yeah, so one of the most important decisions you can make when you're starting a new place is what kind of person do I want to be? I need to find people that are kind of like that and be around them because that's that's how it's gonna happen. Um, and uh, um, if we're focused on the the being busy all the time and on the feelings all the time, we don't do those things that actually would make a positive impact because we're busy and distracted. Well, can you be able, can you kind of more explicitly lay out how that overlaps with the how the guys at the bridge pursue those things in the same Absolutely. way that maybe our college friends would? Absolutely. For the guys at the bridge and and even the dudes that are you know working really hard to do a good job, there's a sense of I'm afraid of going back to my old ways. I'm afraid of doing the things I used to do. So my answer to that will be, I'm going to be busy 24 hours a day. Um, it, what, you know, we've got that to do way I can't go back. Exactly right. We've got to do what we're working with. One of my favorite people is a good friend of mine. He sleeps about three hours a night. 
Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, he's at work at five in the morning, and then he's volunteering at the church, and then he's volunteering with us, and then he's you know working on his GED. Well, and that that work at five in the morning is uh, is not exactly sitting at a desk either. No, that's that's him using a jackhammer. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, and his thought, the thing behind it is, you know, surely if I'm busy all the time, I can't go back to things I used to do, but it's not sustainable. Um, you know, you can you can be a part of the Campus Christian Fellowship 18 hours a day for a few weeks, but after that, you're going to crash. And the same thing for the dudes in the inner city. You know, at a certain point, you're going to run out of gas. You're going to crash. And the thing we know about the devil is he's looking for an opportunity. He's, he's looking for that moment when, you know, when it's really prime. And when you've been working 18-hour days for three weeks and you've crashed, that's the exact moment to come and say, hey, I got something to make you feel better. So... Yeah, I think there's an interesting overlap in that. Not only you like the people you uh, surround yourself with, but you're, you become like the people you, to use the neighborhood term, ride under. Yeah. So it's an important thing, and our guys get caught in this, and I know a lot of kids going off college get caught in this, is there are, as we've talked about in the podcast, for there are people out there ministering who are trying to serve you, Yeah. people out there with ministries who are trying to get you to serve them. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these guys, like there are some – of inner city churches that are um, on some jacked up kind of charismatic doctrine have an interesting um, habit of if you've come like twice in a row, they'll just let you preach <laughs> and give right. an anointed word. And sometimes guys think that's going to happen at the bridge. Yes. And then they get disappointed because yes. they get informed hard that it's not going to. But what, what that does, what those churches are trying to do is, well, this guy doesn't feel important in his life because he's kind of bottom life. So we'll just do this shortcut to making him feel important and he'll just give us money because he feels like we value him even yeah. though we just kind of want the money. And some of your less scrupulously run or not even less scrupulously run by people who may not necessarily don't know what they're doing because they're 24 themselves. Campus Ministries just assume, well, if we have the most people and people doing the most all the time will be the super great campus ministry. Never mind that no one's around here for more than two years because they all burn out. Yeah. 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 Which one thing I think kids going off college and maybe our guys struggle with a little bit is that long term thinking mm. about laying the foundation for what they're going after. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the uh, part of the trick to that is to um, recognize, uh, as you were saying, the identity goes with that. If I see myself, know my gifts, know my strengths, and what have you, then I can sort of have a sense of what my future ought to kind of look and feel like. The rest is just kind of details at that point. Uh, and so that gives me sort of a compass heading as opposed to sort of a narrative, which I think sometimes people get stuck trying to follow, and there's your plan A, plan B type stuff. But the way that you form that identity is by your friends, the people that you hang out with. They give you a sense of who you are, what your strengths and weaknesses are. I remember when I went to, to college, um, I was in a really great high school youth ministry. I mean, it was just super, super good. And, and everyone in there, it seemed like to me, were just cool. You know, they just, and cool in the sense that they just got it. They knew how to, they just knew how to be. They, you, would, you would say something like you were struggling with something and no one would try and preach to you. No one would try. Someone would say, you know, that's, that's, I'm sorry about that. I'll pray for you. And they would encourage you. They just knew how to be. It would just have the perfect little vibe. And I went to this campus ministry 
uh, when I and it was like it was not like that. None of you get what you're supposed to be doing right now. I mean, it was everyone was dressed up for some weird reason. I don't know what that was, and they were all behaving really, really well. Like they were kind of behaving at you. Yeah, it was like aggressively behaving the way they were doing it. It's like, dude, uh, get out of my face with your good behavior. You Did know? they pronounce Jesus Jesus? Yeah, with the, they aspirated the middle okay. of uh, the Jesus. Uh, so yeah, a lot of that, and just and they were uncool about everything. I mean, just everything. I mean, they were, it's not that they were mean or ugly or anything like that. They were just they just didn't get it, you know. And it, and there was a, a sense of I felt like I would know that I was at home when I got to a place where they would recognize that identity that I already knew I had from my high school youth group. You know, they would say, you know, you know, you're good with this, you're not so good with that, whatever. And um, the attitude of this campus ministry was, you're auditioning for us. Yeah. So you have to project how you want us to see you. And if you do a good enough job of that, then we'll agree to see you in that fake way that you just finished projecting to us. <laughs> like, uh, skip over this, dude. <laughs> I'm not, you know. I'm, I'm not doing that. So it was as if all the work that I put into being in that high school youth group and, and building my walk and building my own sense of identity was not in any way being translated into this experience. They were, they were just kind of uh, treating me like I was a hole in space until I um, sort of auditioned for them in some sort of way. And I, I think... Uh, uh, if you don't already have a sense of your identity, if you don't already have the, if you don't have those really close Christian friends, it, that makes that a lot tougher. And for the guys at the bridge, I think that's what they really struggle with: is yeah. they they have very few of those people, and we try and be those people in their lives. I think people, uh, you know, fr if if you've got a friend and you, and the two of y'all are going to college, it's about. You know, it sounds like a weird thing, but this would be so cool to just sit down with your friend and say, you know, I want to tell you who you are to me, how I see you. Here's what I think your strengths are. Here's what I think uh, the, the, the gifts that you have and those kinds of things. Because, you know, there's so little of that in the world. Well, what's so cool about that is if you did that, you know, this kind of brings in a lot of the, the things that we've already talked about so far. If you were to actually do that with somebody, sit down and encourage, not flattery, but just right. like right actually now. encourage, this is what I see the Lord yeah. doing in you and everything. Then that person, you're going to have... Well, you're going to have all the emotions mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. want in mm -hmm. knowing Jesus. I mean, that's going to blow the, all, the the stack off that. You know, it's just mm -hmm. is that I feel the way I'm wanting to feel about my walk with Jesus. This person has encouraged me about who right. I am. They do that back with you. And then you bring in the element of, like, in our relationship, here's what we're going to do. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to be honest with you about right. what I'm struggling with, right. and I need your help. Right, right. And if you, if you, can, be, if you can be the person that, that gets that ball rolling, mm -hmm. then that's that's the whole ball game. And yeah. one thing I always tell I always tell uh, folks going off to college, or even folks trying to walk with the Lord in high school, if you find somebody that you know loves Jesus, loves you well, can encourage you, that you can be honest with, that's your tribe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you yeah. stick with them. Yeah, you defend yeah, yeah. each other, protect each other, take yeah. care of each other, because that's the thing. And I, I mean, in my life, you know. I've, I've done a lot of this stuff. I've gone to all the ministries. I've read a bunch of books, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The thing that has changed my life is getting is, is 
being in with the right people, yeah. honest people. Yeah. 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 yeah, Guys like you know my friend Patsy who's sitting in this room. It's like we we have a couple guys that we meet with every week, and I could not be anywhere that close to where I am if not for that guy in my life. Right. That, right. There's yeah. no way. Mm-hmm. But if you find people like that, that's your tribe, and you that's I, that's who I'm walking with the whole way. Well, and off of that, you know, you, I think people listen to this podcast and they hear the, the, you know, the camaraderie that we have with each other and all that kind of stuff. But I would be willing to bet we interact with each other more than most Christian friends interact with each other. You know, that we, in terms of support, checking on each other, all that. I think, you know, you know sometimes, uh, you know, religious professionals present themselves as sort of an island unto themselves and totally <laughs> self-sufficient and all that. But we we have each other's back and we're in each other's yeah. lives way more than I think most you know, just church going people do. Yeah, and there, and there's also that thing of you know a lot of times when you go into some of these environments and stuff like you go to a, a church or a ministry and and the conversation everybody's having is how you doing great how right. you doing great right. how's yeah. your family they're great yeah well how was this class it was great yeah you know how are you I'm, well i'm just i'm just great yeah it's great. Are, are you blessed i'm so blessed okay I'm, me I'm, too i'm highly favored wow that's pretty good yeah. you seem anointed to me yeah i'm totally anointed but you know like it but it shouldn't be like that it, you know I, I think i've said this at some point on the podcast but it, it should feel a whole lot more like you know like a like a battlefield hospital you know everybody's had a rough week we're all coming in there together and what can I do for you? How can I pray for you? How was this thing? Yeah. You know, I, I heard that you had a doctor's appointment this week. That must have been scary. How, how did that go? How are you feeling off that? Is there anything that you need? Mm-hmm. There should be a whole lot more of that going. But mm-hmm. in order for an environment like that to exist, somebody has to at some point say, hey, I'm going to take the chance to be honest with you about what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. See, I think that's the key thing about but what both of you guys are talking about with this relationship is there's an intentionality there. Right. You know, I mean, you're, you're intentionally building a relationship and a network where there's encouragement, mm-hmm. there's honesty, there's accountability, not accountability in the weird Christian sense, but real accountability, you know, building. How much did up. you sin this week, Jed? Yeah, how, how, how did that go? I, I have some unconfessed sin. <laughs> but I've got, I've got, got a, internet porn. I've got an, <laughs> I promise. I've got an unspoken prayer request. Do you? It's not internet porn. If I it's guess unspoken. it, what do I win? <laughs> it's unspoken, Jed. It's unspoken. I mean, technically, you are speaking about it. Don't speak it. Okay. Okay. It's a no doubt prayer request. <laughs> we shouldn't even be talking about it right now. Don't wow. Deep Did pull you? from the mid 90s. You now he's singing it. Gwen Stefani's going to sue us. Yeah. Anyway. Somewhere Gwen Stefani is sensing a disturbance in the force. But uh, but no, I mean, you know, it's, it's about being intentional. Is that what the seventh Star Wars movie is about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I think, I think you're right, and I think a lot of this ties together because when you find your, your tribe, as Lee put it very well, that honesty kind of can flow easier. Yeah. I think part of there's a very – I mean, there's every kind of social group has its culture, and one of the – so one of the things that suburban culture has, one of the few things it gets right, in my opinion, is when I, if we're just in a social situation as two white people, and I say, how are you doing? The only acceptable answer to that is, fine. How are you doing? Fine. And then we go back to leaving each other alone, which is, you know, that's, that's kind of, it needs to be that way for the wider world to work. I don't know if anybody has ever been in a social situation, not even a social situation, like 
the, like a waitress or just someone on a, a you know waiting on for something you say how are you doing and they start telling you how they're doing oh, oh. It's, uh, it's super creepy it's been it's been a long day yeah that's not just bring my sandwich to the yeah, table yeah wasn't I, that wasn't actually a question this is a social contract which again is fine for the wider world and some of our bridge attendees are far more of that second type of well since you asked why don't you have a comfortable seat <laughs> and we'll now go through it which i mean for us that's actually we're asking we, we want to do that some sometimes the host some hosting people don't realize that's not the game they're playing but when you have that idea of you know you built that intentional community you have that kind of tribe aspect ideally you should be able to drop all that stuff and be real and i think you guys are right that far too often church church and ministry stuff is like an even more heightened form of that not only how are you doing probably better than you for i am holy and we are in a race yes it's a race glenn some things are races i have no (laughs) idea what you're referencing nope all right well i think do we feel good about uh sermon stuff we're about to wrap it up here neither preaching nor leading worship i feel great (laughs) I think we've covered more than enough What ground. are you doing tonight? Nothing. Wow. <laughs> He's supervising. Yeah. Well, I hope that goes well. I'm, I'm already He's, succeeding. You're going to point at ye- and point and yell at people? Yeah. You, you, you. Put that over there. Over exactly there. Now, the other thing is um, you're saying that now. How confident are you in Jasper getting there on time? Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord, in your mercy. Because <laughs> sometimes, see, folks, one of our bridge pastors either has a double booking or there's traffic or whatever, and they don't make it. Well, and they, being pastors, sometimes there's an emergency. And, yeah, that's yeah. actually happened. And this guy has a pretty large church. So he's, I think he's the only full-time staff person there, mm-hmm. him and Jerry. I, I'm actually feeling very confident because Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's everyone in this, in this ministry is trained – to write a sermon and preach a sermon within 10 minutes. Yes. We, we do the Like we actually do tra- training exercises yeah. on that. Because. Not every, for no reason. Every it now comes and up. then that happens. So, yeah. Now, tonight, playing the role of Jasper Edwards, Pete Lawson. That's right. It That's might it. happen. So I'm doing great. You're doing great. I'm Glenn, relaxed. How do you feel? Do you feel I, like I feel um, kind of like uh, what I imagine it would be like to die. Uh, um. But still be able to walk around. Like I feel like I'm decaying now. This is the earliness. Spectral. Just the earliness of the hour, and and then I'm exhausted from all the wisdom I was just laying down. Sure. It was like, <laughs> how about dude, how about we know wisdom has been properly appreciated in this room? In no way. Do you Not feel like close. But again, though, to be fair, do you feel like any of the wisdom you've ever given out in your life was properly appreciated? No, not there even. Not, 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 uh, we're, you we're have not given servants of people openly weeping and yeah, that's right. Standing up. Did you feel that was the proper amount of? Felt no. they could have dialed it up. No, a you, bit. you know what? If if you were really paying attention, <laughs> I think you would have got it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, how about how about sermon specific feelings? Do you feel like we've gotten enough? Yeah, I think I think we've got uh, I think we got some stuff. You know, we'll we'll see what the preaching is. There are definitely so, things we've yeah, talked about. Yeah, we have we have mentioned things. That's something. All right. Well, we're we're about an hour. I think we're going to wrap it up. So we appreciate you listening. Um, we normally do questions on this. Yeah. It. Well. Yes. Yeah. It really doesn't matter how you feel about it because it's happening. Matt doesn't care what I think. See, Glenn or Jed have the ability to say, I feel like we haven't covered enough stuff. We should keep going. You're just kind of along for the ride. You will be preaching. Wow. Nobody's complimenting my wisdom. Yes, they do. Where would I develop this kind of attitude? (laughs) For some reason, Matt is just being rude and inappropriate to Lee. Matt, why don't you care if I'm ready? Because I want to be, I want to go after you and do better than you. (laughs) I'm actually going before you. That doesn't work, but. 
All right. Well, normally we do questions at podcast.gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. If you want to hear how the uh, the sermons turned out, you can sign up for Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. Thanks for listening. We love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. We're live in Chicago. Yeah. <coughs> that kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs>